You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Broadcasting from a hidden rebel fortress long forgotten since the days of the Clone Wars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their daring crew lead a rebel cell dedicated to bringing you stories of adventure and excitement from across the galaxy. Join them for tales of heroes from the dawn of the Resistance stretching back to the Old Republic. Tales of Jedi and Sith, Rebels and Imperials, technological terrors, and fantastic creatures. Legends so great, you won't believe them. But it's true. All of it. So what are you waiting for? Strap in and get ready to make the jump with Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast. Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast for the Star Wars Resistance episode Relic Raiders. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me, as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt, the Crankster Cranky. Hey, what's going on, Mike? Star Wars fans, Resistance fans, uh, good to be back. And you know, Mike, uh, sometimes you just open up Twitter and you get surprises, and <laughs> we got another one today, man, and it was freaking awesome as usual, man. Hey, this thing's getting me more and more psyched. Uh, we got a little 30-second tease today. Yeah, yeah, a nice, a nice little tease mm-hmm. along with uh, some uh, some covers, uh, some EW covers, and some and some pictures from an article that's coming, or probably a couple of articles because usually that that tends to happen when uh, when the Star Wars is coming. Uh, and yeah, um, actually, we talked about a couple of things. Last night on um, on on faster, more intense, we talked about the that initial image of uh, of Poe, Finn, and Chewbacca in the cockpit of the Falcon, um, and uh, there's a little uh, interview with Oscar Isaac out there as well. So if you want to uh, hear more about that specifically, definitely uh, listen to that episode of Faster, More Intense with myself and my co-host from Quiver, uh, Amanda. Um, but uh, but then of course this morning uh, before we've even released the episode they've got to they got to just drench us with a whole bunch of new <laughs> new yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. But thankfully uh, I got two Star Wars podcasts, so I can talk about it here too. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, man, I, I these images are great. Um, lots of really cool stuff. I, a good shot of of. Uh, the trio with uh, with with Ray's lightsaber lit in in what looks like maybe it's a cave or something as they they kind of explore and mm. yeah like there's all sorts of cool stuff coming from all of these images um, but the really great stuff is in that that tease that tease, uh, yeah. that thirty second spot um, most notably uh, I think is the uh, we got a good look at. Uh, at, at Vader's helmet, um, which is nice. Yeah. So that's kind of yeah. 
um, full confirmation of like, oh yeah, that is definitely Vader's helmet that they're smashing through. Um, mm-hmm. So still no context really, but uh, but that's okay. Um, save a little bit of mystery for the movie, maybe. Hey, sure, uh, yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, that great moment of Ray leaping out of the. Yeah. Uh, the the hanger uh to the falcon i so it was funny i as we sat down to record i said to matt like oh just let me watch it real quick on youtube because um i've only seen it from like the instagram and facebook videos so i uh i i I popped it up really quick and uh and and uh the full widescreen version definitely had a lot more visual information than the square versions did um, for instance, uh, Finn is on the other side of that uh, that jump, waiting to grab Ray. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I'm excited. What do you think? What do you think of this new footage? Yeah, no, you mentioned that first thing about the the Vader thing. That's kind of what jumped out at me was oh, like a confirmation that all the speculation that we had about God, what were they, what were her and Kylo doing in that room, you know, and, and now it seems like that is the case. It's just now, like you said, the context, are they actually fighting or are they, you know, uh, destroying it together that I think that was the, the next level of what's going on there. But yeah, you know, um, the, the photo or the, the shot of Ray jumping, uh, looks like that scene where, where Kylo's, uh, right there with her. He's getting blasted by the, uh, after, you know, after effects of the falcon blasting yeah. off or whatever yeah, kind of the and trail. her leaping yeah it's just wow what a fantastic her and then there's a picture or a shot of her and she's uh she's got a lightsaber lit and some kind of uh i don't know it looks it looks like the snow is like it's snowing almost and yeah and, and inside this little relic area i'm, a, uh, I'm really gonna imagine cool that, that that's in on whatever that um that iceberg yeah. asteroid thing is uh that's that's my yeah. guess there yeah uh that was a really cool shot i love that and then you you kind of mentioned that maybe before we started was the uh looks like almost batman's tumbler <laughs> that these uh, stormtroopers are riding oh like, yeah wow, man, that that, cool the, the the tread bikes not the truck not the tumbler but his little bike yeah yeah, um, yeah. i love those bikes are just like that I, there's a lot of really cool stuff in this movie already that like just from the the, the trailers and stuff but those tread bikes are my favorite. Those are actually probably one of my favorite Star Wars designs in a long time. Um, just because we've seen speeder bikes so many times now, it's kind of not that big a deal. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it's still it's still cool to see a speeder bike, obviously. Yeah. But um, but these tread bikes are just such a cool new concept. Um, yeah, I'm I'm psyched to see those bad boys in action. Uh, along with uh, with with maybe some of the stuff that we actually don't know about yet, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, great. A great. Another great tease. This thing uh, keeps throwing little just nuggets out there that are enticing us, and um, that's kind of like all the news really that's come out. But I wanted to pitch one thing before we get to the the Relic Raiders episode of Resistance, Mike. Um, yeah. I wanted to pitch a question to you with the Rise of Skywalker. Okay. Okay. Do you think, and this is kind of for the whole audience that's listening, kind of, um, you can kind of answer this yourself, I guess. Do you, are, are you at all concerned, or I don't know concerns are the right word, about, um, obviously, this, they've been really pushing the Palpatine angle. It's odd that they're bringing him in after two movies where I really relatively haven't mentioned him at all, except for one line from Luke in The Last Jedi talking about Sidious. 
bringing him in this late in the series, um, I don't, does that concern you? And, and the second part of this question is, um, if you bring him in, and this is supposed to be a, a, a thing about the whole saga, one through nine, and you're going to bring uh, Palpatine Sidious in to kind of round this thing out, don't you also have to bring um, Anakin in as well because he was the chosen one? Or, or does this also negate the uh, revenge of the uh, Return of the Jedi, where Anakin is the chosen one, he takes out the Sith, you know, the Sith Master, and brings balance? Does that does that concern you at all? Um, I think the biggest thing to remember going into this movie, very similar to stuff that I've talked about in the past with Last Jedi and, and really everything since the, since the Disney purchase is that, um, I think that people need to kind of let go of the conclusions that they came to when they were like, when all we had was the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. Um, it's kind of like, uh, and this is the interesting thing is that I, I really wish that we could travel back in time and get, get audio of star Wars fans arguing when empire came out. Um, actually no, when Jedi came out and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and Luke said like confronts Obi-Wan and says like, you told me that Vader killed my father. You, you're a liar. And he's like, well, no what I told you was true from a certain point of view. Like that, that moment in empire completely undoes a major, like, like piece of backstory exposition in a new hope, right? Really Mm -hmm. something that Obi-Wan I think uses to motivate Luke in the first place. Like it's, it's, it's definitely shady, right? Like it definitely paints Obi-Wan in this light of like, he'll kind of, at that point, you'll kind of say anything to get this party started. He's been hanging out Mm. in the desert for 20 years and he's, and he's tired of it. He's like, no, this is it. This is, this is the time. Um, and I imagine that fans at the time were livid about this in the same way that some fans feel about Luke now. Right. Mm -hmm. And can you imagine if, um, if the the prequels had actually been the story that was told first, how people would have responded to that moment, right? Like it, mm. I think, I think that maybe sometimes because we spend so much time trying to figure out what's going on in these movies that we put too much stock in our interpretations, right? Like. There are certainly academic opinions on on Shakespeare, but half of the interesting element of of studying something like Shakespeare is that the elements of it where um, it it kind of unfolds in front of you, right? And depending on what you bring to the table, it it takes on a lot of that. And Shakespeare, to me, is uh, one of the reasons why I was bringing it up in relation to Star Wars is that Shakespeare was the first pop culture. Right. Like it was like mm. that, that's yeah. that is the beginning of humanity, like figuring out, you know, like, I mean, like the Greeks kind of had it a little bit. And that's what Shakespeare was riffing on. What like he he obviously used a lot of Greek mythology um, in, in his storytelling as well. But but he really kind of he he created the genre of pop uh, entertainment. 
um, in my opinion. And, and that's one of the reasons why it lasts so long, right? Because popular mm. culture is culture. Um, it's just sometimes it takes 300 years for people to realize that. Uh, and Star Wars, to me, is, is so similar in the way that um, it can obviously be interpreted in a, in many different ways and a lot of the things that are said and a lot of the things that happen are very open and i think that that's one of the strengths of the original trilogy in particular um but my worry is that like any religion <laughs> which star wars is to some people yeah. i things that are meant to be an experience um, to bring you to uh, uh, not to a conclusion, but to a to a to an ideology, are seen as uh, core principles, right? And turned into uh, a, a a belief structure around who Luke Skywalker is, who Palpatine was, the relationship between Palpatine and and Vader, and. We never have the whole story, right? Because we, we get bits and pieces of it. Even as uh, EU novels come out and and video games and more movies and TV series and all that, there are still always going to be moments in between that are there to explore more and more. I mean, think about uh, Revenge of the Sith was done for three years and then all of a sudden we're getting the Clone Wars. And who shows up? Anakin Skywalker's Padawan. Hold up, wait a minute. Anakin <laughs> yeah. Skywalker never had a who? Padawan. What? Wait, what are you talking about? Yeah. Right? Nobody ever said anything about that in Revenge of the Sith. Well, there's a reason why nobody ever said that. I mean, like, retroactively, there's a reason why. Um, and I, it, it, the, the, the mythology, it, it expanded to, in, like, to include to envelop that character now to the point where like Ahsoka is one of the greatest characters in star Wars, right? Sure. Like, oh, yeah. like sure. I'm not, I'm not ridiculous to say that that's that at this point I think is, is a bit of a fact. And, uh, and, and if people aren't open to that, then they're going to, they're just going to miss out on stuff. And I think like there definitely are fans who missed out on stuff that missed out on the clone wars the first time around. Thankfully, Disney plus is giving it a new life um, along with star Wars rebels. And I'm already seeing it. I'm seeing it in non star Wars groups on Facebook where there are all these people that are experiencing clone wars and even more than that rebels for the first time. And they are falling in love with these shows um, and they're opening themselves up to new experiences with Star Wars, which is really exciting. Um, and I think that we need to be able to do the same thing with the movies. That that it's it's so important to me that that that's part of the conversation, and that's really sort of one of the things that we're here to to facilitate. I think is this idea of like, yeah. well, let's 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 open it up a little bit more. Like, let's not let's not get too dogmatic in our belief of who Luke Skywalker is, who Anakin was, how that relates to Palpatine, all of that stuff. Because when we do, we close ourselves off to potential, to possibility, right? Mm -hmm. What does Yoda say to Luke when he has the vision? Always in motion is the future, right? And that 
I think in in this instance also includes the past, uh, present, and future. It's never it's never finished. The story's never completely told. Um, and 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 I think like that's that's a good thing. That's a positive thing. But we'll have to wait and wait. We have to wait and see what the story of Rise of Skywalker is to see if this is a moot point or not. Um, I yeah. I have total faith in in JJ and Kathleen Kennedy and everybody involved with this that we're gonna get we're gonna we're gonna get a great story here. Um, but yeah, and, and and it's gonna fit like it'll fill in a lot of gaps in in the questions that you have. But I think that it'll also leave a lot of stuff open, um, and yeah, that's yeah. not a bad thing. No, that's what I hope for because I I think my initial response is to I believe like I, I love the Force Awakens, I love what JJ did, and I want to believe that he's going to come back and and just knock it out of the park. And but there's also a part of me that goes well, and I've heard people on podcasts and on YouTube talk about this, and it makes you think a little bit about yeah bringing Palpatine back at this time, at the last end of the movie, like, is this just a, a like a last ditch? Like, man, what do we got to do? Let's bring Palpatine in. You know, everybody loves Palpatine. And it's hard not to think that way after um, kind of seeing what's going on with this trilogy so far. But like you said, you got to have, I'm, I'm I, looking at the video and the photos and all that. I, I have total faith that, that he's really got this thing. He really put everything into him and, and Chris Terrell. You know, oh, and here's another funny thing. Um, not funny, but interesting thing. Uh, it looks like Trevorrow is getting writing credit. So whatever mm-hmm. he brought to the table, they're going to use uh, him. And there's one other person um, that was actually taken off the project there. He's getting writing credit. So that's a little interesting. Like, okay, whatever he was thinking, they actually did use some of his stuff. So, um, and I guess the last thing was just, I was just asking about like, if you're bringing Palpatine back, because he's the ultimate bad guy. Um, Anakin was like the ultimate. I mean, he was created. Uh, he was put into Shmi, you know, by the Force. Of, like, at least that's what we all seem to think. Is he was created by the Force at this point? We don't know for sure yet. But um, wouldn't that be cool to see him, you know, kind of bookend the series uh, with, you know, him showing up in one and then, you know, kind of closing out. And I, I think that would be kind of like a little cool poetic thing in any way that they can, whether it's a Force ghost or whatever. Um, but yeah, I know. I just thought I wanted to pose that to you because I've been, I was thinking about it on the way home. And like I said, I've heard podcasts and other people talk about, um, you know, Palpatine's role at this point in the series. And that was an interesting question. So especially kind of when I see this new trailer come out and these images, we're able to talk about it. It kind of jumped in my mind. I want to get your take on it. So yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, no, it's, uh, I guess that's it. I mean, there's not, like I said, um, not a lot of news right now. Obviously, the Mandalorian is in full effect right now. We're getting episode three in a few days here. And uh, other than that, it's just uh, we're less than a month. Actually, no, a month to today. It's the 19th as we're recording. A month uh, from today as recording. Yeah, we will be. Yeah. I mean, like at this point in time, 643, I'll be 40, 43 minutes. I mean, technically. Yeah. Like, yeah. Honestly, like let's let's be realistic. I'll be 15 minutes into the movie. But, yeah, after the credits. Yeah, after all the, <laughs> all the, the, intro the, stuff. the yeah, trailers yeah. and um, commercials and nonsense that they put before the wow. movies these days. Um, yeah, awesome. My thing with all the trailers, not the trailers, because trailers are obviously like, yeah, show me trailers. But the my thing with um, with all the the commercials and stuff is that like concessions are still expensive. The ticket prices just keep going up, 
And yeah. yet they're making all this money off of this this advertising revenue. So like what's the point of the advertising revenue if mm-hmm. They're charging a crazy amount for me to get into the movie theater in the first place. But yeah. anyways, that's just my, <laughs> that's just a little gripe that I've got. I just, it's, small, it's just a small uh, rant yeah. there. I get you. I got you. Uh, but it, I guess that's it, man. Are you ready to jump into Relic Raiders? Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's get into it. Calculate the jump, Chop. How is my boyfriend Maybe I can help you. I am Boba Fett. What was that? What was what? The throwing and the falling. Over there. Don't think about it. Kenobi. Ahsoka! Kenobi! Hand it over, Ewok. No! So you mean to tell me you were staging a rescue, not attempting to hijack a Jedi starship? You're welcome! Now, it's time for the Rebel Cells. Episode Recap. Okay. Relic Raiders, uh, directed by Brad Rao and Brandon Alman. Uh, familiar with these guys, and they've uh, done quite a few uh, episodes here. Uh, I'll start off. My Captain Doza sends Kaz, Tora, and Freya on a supply run to Asher's Ray. Kellen... Uh, uh, Ella pay Kaz a surprise visit. However, asking if they can come along. Kaz is hesitant, but ultimately agrees, as long as they keep quiet and stay out of trouble. So, <laughs> you know they're not Doza. going to. <laughs> no, yeah, like that's the first clue right there. Uh, Doza wants uh, Kaz, Tora, and Freya to go on a supply run uh, on Ashes Ray. And this time, which is different from the last few times they've gone on these uh, supply runs, they actually have money, Mike, to... Uh, to spend yeah. at least according to those they have a little bit of money uh so they don't have to scavenge this time but before they leave um like it says here kaz lets Ilya and kel tag along uh with nobody else knowing so i'm still i'm still at that point where i'm wondering about these two and if we will get more of their possible uh force ability obviously they've hinted at it um and I thought we were going to get a little bit more in this episode. At one point, I, we'll get to it. I'll, I'll, I'll point out one part where I thought they could have used it. But I don't know. What do you think? Uh, are we going to actually get something from these two um, before this season or this uh, series is over? Yeah, I, I'm I'm curious about that as well. It's it's interesting to me that they kind of flirt with it, but it never really it never really gets there. Yeah. Um. At least not yet. But. Uh, I have such a hard time with it because I know I've said in the past, like I, I, I would like them to do a story where the Jedi are not as um, prevalent, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's where it's a little bit more about just sort of the regular folks in the galaxy, and that's what we're getting with this for sure. But at the same time, um, it feels like there's something missing. <laughs> it always feels <laughs> like there's something missing on this show. And I honestly think, like, that's it. That's what it is. It's the Force, right? Okay. As you say that, um, that's what The Mandalorian has done for me in that second episode. Yeah. Is, you know, it has this great other, you know, it's not about the Jedi or anything, but you introduce this character that has Force ability. And that intrigues me now. It's like, whoa, okay. But like you said, 
it's maybe a little tiny thing that you can just throw in there that's gonna just gonna make it that much better. And I think that's what you're talking about here. Is yeah, yeah. So I, I totally get what you're talking about there. Go ahead. Sorry. No. So I just, I I hope that 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 we're gonna explore it. I hope that we're gonna kind of get into it. But um, but I also hope that it doesn't overshadow the larger story because to me star wars resistance is kind of like resistance reborn is definitely a companion piece to this show um Mm. and vice versa because they're both focusing on this idea of like what do we do now that the first order is trying to take over right Mm -hmm. um and I like it. I like it in that place. And then Ray's story is Ray's story. So my hope is that is that with with Star Wars Resistance, um, and 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 other pieces of media right now, that what we're getting are setups for the galaxy post Rise of Skywalker, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. that'll be more clear what that means once we actually have Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Um, in a month, but but right now it just kind of looks like, you know, um, the idea there being like, well, we don't really have any other Jedi in the galaxy at the moment, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, like, I would like to, I would definitely like to see more from these two characters later in the in in the Star Wars galaxy. I just, I don't think that, I don't think that we necessarily need them right now to be. Mm-hmm focal points and it's Kaz's story right better or worse sure, it's yeah. Kaz's story yeah. so yeah yeah um, no, so, uh, go ahead go ahead we'll keep going yeah sure uh, upon landing the village seems deserted Kel and Isla chase some beautiful butterfly like creatures called Parvinoths while nearby uh, Tora spots a war- warning written on a wall beware evil get away Kaz, Freya and Tora split up Agreeing to gather what they can, I meet back in an hour. Kaz gives chase to Kel and Isla and finds that they've followed the Parvanoths to what looks like an ancient temple. I think it's a temple of the Force, Kel says, while Kaz notes that he never really believed in the Force. Heading inside, they spot various insignias and hear someone cry for help. Hmm. So, um... This deserted planet, which was not supposed to be deserted. Man, it really had like this. Um, the first thing that jumped in my mind was the Masasuki Temple on the Avon floor, and mm-hmm. you know the look and some of the sounds and the the, the, the wildlife that you kind of heard. The sound mix was kind of neat. It had that kind of like I said, the Avon floor look to it. And uh, and it's funny to see them too, the two, you know, Elliot and Kel, that they're kind of enamored with the simplest of wildlife, and because they haven't been out, they said, and they, they finally get to go out and see things and uh but it, it all, it's all about this temple and uh you know this evil beware get away kind of thing um Kaz even says it's a, a a temple of the forest and i'm not sure like it says he he has never believed in the jedi of the force and he even says that too it's like oh it's funny i remember like han solo saying the same type of thing so this is definitely at a time where i, I sometimes like oh yeah that's right it's been 30 years Plus, since you know, uh, since Return of the Jedi or whatever, so you, you know, you haven't this, the Jedi are just not you know, I guess a thing anymore. It's what's funny about like the Mandalorian too. When when I don't want to keep jumping to the Mandalorian, but he was the same kind of way where he, he saw this baby youngling doing something, 
uh, force sensitive and he kind of looked at him like he didn't understand what was going on. So yeah, we're in this, this weird time frame now. So, uh, I don't know, Mike, what do you think, uh, about this, uh, this, this particular, uh, part here, anything, uh, anything jump out at you? Yeah. Um, I love the design, the, the, the art, the artwork that, that goes into creating these environments. Um, I, it's, we spent so much time on, on Castellon in season one. Um, it's really nice to, to, to get out and see the rest of the galaxy. Um, oh yeah. Obviously, you know, we had like, like little moments here and there of asteroids and whatnot, um, in season one, but, but this is, it's been really cool that kind of every, every week we're on a different planet basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, doing something new so yeah really really, cool. i just i really like the design of this world i think they did a really good job it definitely had some uh and we'll get into it more here you know you have the indiana jones um uh feel to it especially uh in, in, a, in a minute here as they run further into the temple uh they find themselves in a corridor of black and red before a door closes and separates kaz and cb23 from kella Ila. Uh, without warning, something zaps Kaz from above and da dazes him. Still, he makes his way slowly forward and sees a mysterious object atop an altar, and he hears a voice. But as Kaz tries to touch the relic, the floor opens beneath him and he falls. Trapped below, he sends CV-23 for help before someone emerges from the shadows. So uh, Kaz gets separated, comes around across this relic, uh, some sort of this, this, you know, obviously it's in this table in the middle, again, Total Raiders, right? Raiders of the Lost Ark yeah. vibe with the idol and the whole shaking of the fingers and you oh, know, hundred percent, hundred percent. I, I, I actually really applaud them for holding back a little bit because they could have taken it the next step further oh, and like, yeah, like really done it. But yeah, um, yeah, I liked yeah. it. It was good. Well, even the Last Crusade kind of, kind of feel to it where he's stepping on. Um, yeah. You know, things and or actually the Raiders, too. They actually step in and the, and the arrows come out. But, yeah, to, totally, totally cool there. So, anyway, I just want to mention the uh, the vibe of the uh, uh, the Raiders influence there. Really cool. So, anyway, go ahead, Mike. Uh, back at the landing site, Tora and Freya load up, but their radar detects incoming craft. And Kaz is nowhere in sight. Meanwhile, the mysterious captive at the temple reveals that they are not in an ancient Jedi edifice. Rather, they are in a Sith temple. She excavated the ancient building, which caused the village populace to leave, and has been trapped for two days. Kaz's new acquaintance is most displeased when the clumsy pilot accidentally triggers a deadly trap. The room spins as a drill-like construct spins upward, and Kaz calls for help. CB-23, Kaz, and Isla... Uh, that should be Kel, actually. Kel and Isla uh, come to the rescue and deactivate the chamber. Um, I like. <laughs> did this remind you of the the gravitron, the the carnival ride? Yeah, yeah <laughs> oh, it did. So funny. I was like, and it's I just like a deadly ride. version of the of the 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 gravitron. Um, oh, dude, I hated that ride. You hated that one. When I was a kid, I really oh. liked it. Um, yeah, I th maybe as a kid, but as I got older, I was like, oh man, this is just like a vomit comet type of thing. I <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Go ahead. <laughs> No, yeah, I, it's just, it was just uh, it, it was a it was a good funny moment um, with uh, <laughs> she's kind of like uh, uh, Mika as uh, is Mika right? Yeah, yeah, Mika uh, Gray. Yeah, um, I who okay, so Mika Gray. I uh, I think that that's really interesting. I um, 
she's meant to be kind of an Asajj Ventress parallel. Um, mm-hmm. Where was I? Where did I? What was the? Did I read it this morning or last night? I can't remember, but was maybe there was a video or something? I can't remember. But there was a thing talking about the character, where she came from, and they wanted her to be like um, if if Asajj uh, was still around, what would that character be like? Um, mm. in, in the galaxy, like, like sort of having, having turned her back on the force, the Jedi, the, the Sith, all of that sort of stuff. Um, and, and obviously like I got, I got very strong Asajj vibes from this character mm. from the get go. Um, okay. and I love it because it's an exploration of where that character would have gone had her story continued. Um, and, uh, she's almost in in the same way that we talked about it back on Clone Wars. Uh, she's kind of the shadow version of Ahsoka. Like those two characters have such a similar arc, um, mm-hmm. but from the opposite sides of it, right? Where Asajj starts. I mean, she starts initially as a force sensitive youngling and and with a Jedi and all that sort of stuff, but eventually. Um, turn it falling to the dark side and and all of that and i i ahsoka obviously starting as a jedi and then kind of kind of coming i uh, uh, being a being a light side character from the get-go but then kind of coming to uh the conclusion that the jedi are corrupt the jedi are somewhat uh, i lost and uh, and then leaving the order right like I don't know. I just I, I love the parallel of those characters, and mm-hmm. where we know Ahsoka to be now with the whole uh, uh, Ahsoka the White, right? And we don't like yeah. in in this specific time period, we don't really know where Ahsoka is. But but talking about you know sort of in general terms of like post Return of the Jedi, we know that she's out there somewhere in the galaxy, um, right? And. Uh, I could see those two characters kind of running into each other and that being an interesting story. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. I don't know. I like, I, I really like this character um, and, and all of that to, to kind of come back into her name, uh, Mika. I, Asajj was voiced by Nika Futterman. Right? Oh yeah. That's and right. she ends up becoming somewhat of a gray Jedi. So yeah, yeah. Mika, like I, yeah, I, I thought that that was uh that was a, a a really interesting naming choice, and and I think I think with some some deeper meaning there. Yeah. Well, it turns out you mentioned you, you read it in the in the recap here. Um, they're in an ancient Sith temple, um, and then we find out that they are sometimes buried beneath Jedi temples for this uh, purification of suppression. Which is uh, wow, that's a interesting phrase there. Um, and she raised the temple, so. I think the first question I had was, wow, is she kind of some kind of a force user? And she kind of mentions, talks about it at the end, and we'll get to that. But um, yeah. but here, the Sith Temple. So it's interesting that this series is bringing in the term Sith, uh, and they talk about Jedi, too. Because so far in the sequel trilogy, um, you know, this, they pretty much wipe, you know, they really haven't mentioned much about the Sith. You know, it's the First Order, and Kylo Ren is just a you know, a dark side force user. I mean, you know, they haven't talked about Sith at all. So it's interesting that they're bringing these. Well, terms it, into except, this. except that we know that we're going to get, we're going to get, um, 
uh, Sith troopers in the in the next one, right? True. That's right. That's right. You're right. Exactly. Um, and with, actually, some more troopers here. Uh, I'll continue, Mike. Now safe, the treasure hunter takes the relic, saying she will make sure that no one else gets it. But before they can safely exit, Kaz once again triggers a trap, and the temple begins to collapse. The group barely makes it out, only to discover the First Order Raiders, specialized troopers that hunt down relics, have captured Tora and Freya. So Sith troopers and, and the Rise of Skywalker, Mike, and now we got these, um, they call them First Order Raiders, which are relic hunters, which is, you know, it, it's, it all comes together. Here is, again, I want a, a, a cool nod to what Kylo's doing, right, with mm -hmm. with collecting these relics and now you got these relic raiders that we can assume that they're out there and they were out there in force awakens or before that time hunting down relics for either uh snoke or now it's kylo ren so that's yeah. it's pretty cool how they tie that together what do you think yeah um yeah that, so man whatever i what did i read this morning i read something about What's about all of this Twitter. or maybe it was yesterday um, maybe it was on StarWars.com, um, but the idea that this is this is definitely pointing towards, um, and I, I like this because I, I obviously the 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 parallels between the First Order, the Empire, and uh, and and the Nazis have always been there, right? That's always been a big part mm -hmm. of the storytelling for Star Wars. That's the real world counterpart to it, and um, and. The idea that that Hitler was obsessed with occult items is, I mean, like that's central to mm -hmm. uh, uh, Indiana Jones, right? That's the whole point. Oh, sure. Of, yeah. of that story, um, of the first movie, and and obviously then of of Last Crusade as well. And I love the idea that they're setting up that Kylo Ren is likewise obsessed with mm -hmm. this stuff, right? Um, I think that that's really interesting. It's a really interesting thing to explore with his character. Oh yeah, and and we know why. I mean, like he's obsessed with Vader, and this is all kind of part of that. And I think that it's a really important clue as to how Palpatine's going to play into everything, because I think that that a lot of this has to do with the fact that um, that Palpatine, I, uh, I uh, will. It's a Palpatine will be an accident, uh, not something that that yeah. Kylo meant to do. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I think yeah. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out um, uh, in the movie and and how this all kind of ties into it. It's it, Amanda said something funny on on the podcast last night because I was talking about Resistance Reborn, um, and she was like. Wow, I should. It sounds like I should probably be like reading. I like I should read this book in order to get the full story. And I'm like, yeah, you probably should. <laughs> that's a good idea. Um, yeah. And I think that that's like that. There's a lot of people out there who are missing out on major parts of stories because they're not they're not checking out the EU um, and and getting into this stuff. Um, yeah, I, I, it was so funny when she said that because I was like, "Yep, you you definitely should." Um, it was funny. Yeah, I, lots I, of important I stuff. listened to the. Yeah, I listened to the first. Um, I've gotten to the first part of the of the podcast, and and I didn't realize that she's kind of uh, new to at least 
the some of the Star Wars universe. From what I can, t- from what I can tell, from what she's saying, Amanda is a huge Star Wars fan, but she, um, she basically just watches the movies. Like she okay. doesn't really get yeah. into a lot of the other stuff, um, but she's a huge fan of the movies. So it was okay. fun to have her on to talk about Mandalorian because it's her first kind of foray into this whole world that we obviously live in on a regular basis. Um, yeah. And she's she's kind of learning just how intense it all is and and um, and how great all of this this extra content is um Mm -hmm. so yeah it's 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 kind of fun to see her experience that and and hopefully she 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 said she was gonna get resistance reborn uh as an audiobook and she's going on a trip so um so hopefully she's gonna gonna listen to it on that trip and then and then report back on thunderquack podcast um what she thought about it Uh, because obviously you guys know i loved it um i thought it was great so yeah um cool but, but yeah i i th- she's she's a bit more of a normie when it comes to to the expanded universe mm. and to the to the tv stuff um right. despite me telling her for years you've got to be watching Clone wars <laughs> you've got to be watching rebels um but now yeah. she's actually i think maybe going to take me seriously but that like i said earlier that's the great thing about disney plus, disney plus is now yeah. this stuff yeah. is accessible people are getting into it right so mm-hmm. it's a good thing. Yeah, it's a good no, thing. We don't like, like we don't want to gatekeep. We don't want to say like, Oh, you weren't there, you know, back in the day sort of thing. It's like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. Everybody has a right to, to come to it when they come to it. Um, yeah. and when they show up, it's our job to make sure, uh, if you want to gatekeep the, the job of, of gatekeeping, as far as I'm concerned is that when people show up and they have a real, um, I, uh, uh, passion and interest for a thing that that we obviously love so well. Um, we gotta we gotta be there to like welcome them into it because sure we need we always need more reasonable yeah. rational Star Wars fans to drown out the ridiculous <laughs> people. <laughs> Definitely. Um, before you go on, and I'll just say too about the you're, we're talking about this the Sith and the Sith Temple that they find. Um, it also was kind of decorated. It looked kind of like the Malachor runes that we saw in Rebels with the way it was kind of the, the writing and stuff like that. So I thought that was a nice little touch there as well. Yeah, so anyway. We definitely um, yeah, instantly but, recognize it as Sith, right? Like it's it's very oh, sure. clear that that's Sith. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, go ahead, Mike. Cool. Where are we here? Uh, Though her ship has been destroyed, the woman from the temple seemingly vanishes and soon thereafter, the raiders capture Kaz, Kel, and Isla. As the interrogation begins, the temple explorer calls to the troopers holding the artifact. They demand she hand it over, so she obliges, activating the relic and throwing it forward. Uh, and uh, it explodes. <laughs> yeah, I did. I mean, is that? I'm, I was trying to figure out what the heck was going on there, as far as she somehow activates it, um, and the only thing it does, like you said, it kind of explodes and has this um, energy come out of it that uh, paralyzes or or i guess kills these these relic raiders um is that kind of what you got out of it yeah yeah it's uh yeah it's full of dark okay. side energy i don't think that it was intended to be a weapon she refers to it later as a power source right right um, right okay hmm. but yeah so yeah, I, I think true. like she just kind of improvises uh, and turns yeah, it into a right. weapon Turns out, yeah, definitely. Um, Kaz and his friends run into the temple for cover as the relic unleashes 
waves of energy, destroying the First Order Raiders. There you go. Uh, the mysterious woman tosses the now useless object aside and reveals that her name is Mika Gray. Her ship gone, Gray leaves with Kaz and the group for the Colossus. So um, looks like she's going to possibly be part of this uh, group. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I guess, you know, setting it up, but you never know uh, what she's going to do. So, um well, go ahead. You want to finish it, Mike, and then we'll, we'll finish up? Sure. Yeah. I, <clears throat> aboard the shuttle ride home, Isla asks Mika about the Force. Gray says that she is not a Jedi or Sith, but explains that the Force does not belong to any one person. It is something that is inside all of us. We just find it in different ways, she says, as Kaz listens intently. So this is this is going in to my whole thing about... Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like the force is not just for the Jedi. There are other characters mm-hmm. in Star Wars who use the force, who have the force. Um, and and she's kind of uh, echoing what I'm saying there. Um, and I think that's great. Yeah. I think that's a really, sorry, excuse me, a really cool lesson to learn. I like this character. I'm, I'm very intrigued to learn more about her. I think that she's going to be um, an important character for Isla who obviously we, we've seen in the past has some connection to the force as well. Um, and, and mm-hmm. hopefully we're going to get, um, get more of that um, as the, as the story goes on. Right. Yeah. I, it's interesting that as she's saying these words, kind of the last few shots of this particular episode, it, the camera kind of pans um, to the twins. Uh, are they twins? Uh, they're not twins. No, they're um, just siblings. Just, yeah. The sibling. It, it passed to the siblings. And then also kind of hovers on Kaz for a minute as he kind of gives his puzzled look, not puzzled look, but kind of a look, right? And you're just wondering, I'm wondering, like, you know, she, and she's talking about the force. Um, and like you said, it, it's, and she says, it's it doesn't belong to any one person. So, and everybody has a certain, you know, the, the midichlorians are around everywhere. It's just how many, you know, what's your count and are you force sensitive and, and you know, could... Kaz also being one of these guys that somehow figures out one day, just kind of the light clicks on. I don't know. I don't know if they were just doing that as a misdirect or if I'm just looking too far into this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, uh, am I digging too deep here to try to find something when they <laughs> do these voiceovers and pans? Possibly. But I just like to think in that, in that way. So um, actually, I, I quite enjoyed this episode. I really love the the fact where they get into the, the Sith stuff and the temple and and these new relic raiders and a neat new uh, uh, class of, of soldier that we're seeing. So um, I thought it was a really good episode. I was pretty happy with that. And uh, what do you think? What do you think, Mike? Yeah, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it as well. I enjoyed it for the world building stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I, it, you know, I I found that they kind of repeated the the booby trap joke with with Kaz one too many times, um, yeah. and it bothered me that he was the only one who ever set off a booby trap. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's true. I would have liked the um, the final one being somebody else, and then him going, "That one wasn't me," <laughs> right? Like yeah, that sort of a joke. Um, yeah, there you go. Because yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't quite understand the 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 logic behind making Kaz completely hopeless in certain circumstances. Um, mm-hmm. But we've talked about that a lot. I I don't know. I I think that that. I was hoping that the character was going to grow up a lot as a result of, of what happened in 
in season one, the end of season one. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. And we got, we've gotten a little bit of that, that he's a little bit more of a leader now. And, uh, and obviously with the aces, we got, we got a bit of stuff about him, um, sort of, uh, showing them what it means to be a part of a, a team properly. Um, but I don't know. I, th- there's just, it's just not fast enough. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, it, it feels like his character regresses out of convenience because they want it. They want funny stuff to happen. And it's right. Yeah. Honestly, it's the difference between, uh, in Mandalorian, obviously the, the child is cute and funny. There is a lot of humor in the Mandalorian, especially in that second episode, um, which I don't, I don't want to get into too much because I, I want to be careful not to be spoilerish in case people are listening to this. They haven't watched that yet. But yeah. there are some very funny moments, but they are circumstances that are funny. They are uh, uh, situations that are funny. The characters aren't goofy or silly. And it's like it's the difference between the original trilogy and the way that the characters are funny in that and the prequels and the way that Jar Jar is funny. Right, mm-hmm. and Kaz yeah. has more in common with Jar Jar than he does with these other characters um, when it comes to that sort of stuff, which can be a little bit frustrating because I feel like we learned that lesson. Um, but uh, but you know it is what it is, and and and, yeah. and he's he's ob- he's definitely not the worst, um, <laughs> and he has his moments. Yeah. But but I don't know. It just it bothers me when we build him up and then tear him back down. Um, because I want, I want to like this character more than the show kind of lets me, if that mm. makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes sense for sure. Yeah, almost you, you see him make a couple strides forward and then maybe a stride back here and there. So, uh, and I do think you're right. It's just they're playing to that particular group of of watchers of the show, the younger crowd that wants to see some gags and some funny, goofy things, um, and that's yeah. just something that we have to kind of. I know, be okay with and look over, you know. I don't, but, and and my my thing is like I don't know that that crowd is even really present for the show. No, well, that's the thing, right? That like, that's kind like, of the thing that right, bothers me right. the most. Is I is it, it's like well, this show is for a different audience. This isn't. Paul says that a lot, right? He's he, he'll comment on Twitter. He's like, well, that episode was fine. There was some stuff I didn't like, but this show's not aimed at me. And it's like, who's it aimed at? Because I don't know that that other audience that that we talk about is watching the show. Because mm-hmm. the show's on at ten o'clock at night on well, Sundays. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Who is this show supposed know. to be for? It's really unclear. Um, yeah, I, that's another problem too. Is and I, and you're right. I don't know any. I'm trying to think of my friends that have kids that would would you know in that younger eight to ten or whatever yeah. it is six to twelve. And I don't know that any of them watch it, but you're right. Like it's on late. And of course there's always, you know, you can do the DVR and all that kind of thing. But that is a question I'd like to see, like how many kids are actually watching this thing or is it just more of a star Wars fans that are watching it? You know, that's it. Yeah. Good I point. think the it's kids a, that are watching it are the kids of star Wars fans. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> probably. Uh, yeah. Like it's, it's like it's, it's, it's family cool. viewing sort of stuff. Um, right. Yeah. But yeah, it, yeah. I, I don't know. It just it it, it always kind of bugs me that it's like that. There's this this, especially because it's animation. There's this supposition that like, well, this is for kids. This is mm-hmm. the Star Wars that's for kids, and it's like, well, 
Star Wars isn't. Star Wars is for kids, but it is for, it's for the family, right? So, you got to make it appeal to kids, but you also have to remember who who's going to bring those kids to the oh, yeah. to the movie theater, sort sure. of thing, um, and and keep them happy as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know, and and the other part of it is that like that I think the piece that bothers me because obviously with Lego Star Wars, it's very silly. It's all campy. It's all ridiculous. But it actually, like, the stories actually fit that. Um, whereas these stories are much more complex. Um, like, with, with the Lego Star Wars with Season 1 and Season 2, it was like, well, Season 1, we got to collect the pieces of the, the Kyber Saber, right? So, it's a, like, that's a very easy story for, for us to understand. And then every once in a while, we break away because Xander's got to build a ship for this guy or fix this thing over here. Whatever, right? Um, and we get some fun opportunities there, but the, the stories are always self-contained and very easy to follow, um, mm-hmm. which is that kid audience. And then this show, it's like, well, the overarching story here is very complex. It's very nuanced. And yet the, the, the characters, um, the humor of the characters is very broad and very childish. Um, and I, I that just doesn't square to me it it it, there's Mm. a there's a part of that that just doesn't make sense but um Mm. yeah i don't know i we'll we'll see as the season goes on how much of that they continue to do because i think that we're going to kind of get into some more serious storytelling uh in the in the next few episodes um oh yeah yeah so yeah i don't know we'll see speaking of the next episode uh good segue there mike there you go nice going uh what do we got yeah, next week, Rendezvous Point. Doza attempts to meet a resistance pilot from his past. Meanwhile, the pilot has been captured by the First Order. So we're going to have mm-hmm. a little bit of a, of a, a, a conflict there, which will be interesting. Um, we'll actually, yeah. uh, hopefully we'll get to see some starfighters battling, maybe? I don't know. Sure, yeah, I know, I, right? The thing that drives me nuts about this show is that it was pitched as like starfighters racing and all that stuff. <laughs> and I have to imagine that ships flying around is a lot easier to animate than people and creatures walking around and talking right (laughs) so why do we not spend more time in the cockpit i thought that's what the show is supposed to be about but that's fine whatever it's a star wars show (laughs) we get what we get get get. (laughs) yeah yeah that's gonna wrap this uh this week up though Mike. yeah that Uh, is it for this week it's a it's a short and sweet one again um but you're getting double doses now because you're also getting the Mandalorian uh, over on yeah. faster, more intense. So, uh, so enjoy that as well. And obviously, uh, Tim, Kyle, and Paul are are going hard on the saga continues as we lead up to the rise <laughs> of Skywalker and and with the Mandalorian going as well. So, lots of Star Wars content on Thunderquack right now for you to enjoy. Uh, of course, if you want to stay up to date with all the latest Star Wars animation news, you can do that by heading to RebelCells.com. Uh, and uh, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Rebels Podcast, on Twitter at Rebels Podcast, and on Instagram at Rebel Cells. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ArkWolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. And you can follow Matt. He's at the Crankster. That's Crankster with a K. And uh, yes. you guys know we're part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. As I mentioned before, I had to thunderquack.com to check out more great podcasts and if you like what you hear you can support us in two ways first by going to store.thunderquack.com and picking up some merch 
or by going to patreon.com slash thunderquack and uh, kicking in with your monthly pledge of support there and getting some cool rewards. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and, and we'll be back next week for the episode Rendezvous Point. Rendezvous Point.